0: Okay, you have got to be kidding me. The FBI is now issuing warnings for people to put black tape over the cameras of their smart TVs. (laughs) I can't with y'all. All All right, y'all. This is Michelle Spivey, your Practical Priestess of Wisdom, with another podcast of Wisdom Smack. So, come on in. Yep, let's get to talking about it because my spidey senses are tingling as we get into how? The heist is always coded. Yep, it is. All right, you guys, like I said, my spidey senses are tingling. And probably shout out to my ten hat crew out there. You are probably nodding and saying, yes, the, the heistery is strong with this one. So, please check the show notes today uh, because I'm going to post a a link to a TechCrunch article that just recently came out. It's a very short read, you guys. And boy, it's got some popcorn moments in it, I'm going to tell you. So, when I talk about the heist is always coded, that's a saying, you know, a slang saying that says that you're always being duped because it's always coded. It's right under your nose, but it's hidden. And so, Let's get into this. And then, of course, I'm going to give you some things um, to be on the lookout for, to start sharpening your ability to decode the heist that's afoot around us. All right. So TechCrunch did an article, and honey, their shade game is terrific. They did an article, uh, based in the U.S. where I live, of... um, the FBI putting out a warning to consumers that when your your brand new smart TV that you just got uh, during Black Holiday, uh, Black yeah, Black Holiday, <laughs> I wish Black <laughs> Black Friday, um, when uh, you get it home, if you're not using your camera, put a put a piece of black tape over it because it's compromised. Yes, so that was the big thing. And people were up in arms like, oh, my gosh, people are watching me on my TV. Yes, they most likely are. And just a quick little breakdown. The way this is set up, your smart TV is uh, interactive. It is part of the Internet of Things, uh, the IoT, if you will. It's part of that army of baby monitors and TV. refrigerators that can order your stuff, your dash buttons for Amazon and all of that. But the problem with the TVs is this, and that is that in order to keep the price down, to give people what they want, a lot of the manufacturers are making sure that they get the the top, uh, not top, but the sleekest uh, softwares. And, uh, to make it so seamless to connect to your Netflix, Hulu's and YouTube's that these TVs are also behaving like a PC would or a, a Mac would in that they have vulnerabilities, security vulnerabilities. And thus, they are able to be hacked. Now, the FBI went on to say that it's rare for a smart TV to be hacked. But guess what? Now that you put it out there, you make it aware. It's kind of like that whole campaign back in the 80s, just say no. Uh, when they said just say no, the drug epidemic took off. So you know it's probably going to happen because we are still part of the human nature. And folks, when you when you let them know that there's something possible out there, they will go after it. All right. So the FBI puts out this warning and they say that there are bad actors out there. There are hackers. And they say that the security um, updates, meaning that now after the fact that you've bought this, you you need to immediately update your computer. I mean your your TV security so that they won't be able to hack you, and put a put a piece of black tape over it before you really get to you know get going. And so there you have it. Now you probably feel a little safer now that you have been told this by the FBI that you need to put this black tape over your camera. Now, with a lot of these TVs, they also come with a microphone. Can you put black tape over a microphone? I don't know. Y'all let me know in the comments if you can. But this is the thing that the, the, the key to this is that the heist is coded here. So, and the reason why I am talking about the TechCrunch article is because, like I said, TechCrunch, honey, they some shadiness. Their shade game is real because they reported on it, but then they went a little deeper. And like I said, this is a quick little read. You can read it in a couple of minutes. All right. But what they go on to say is that, <clears throat> let me clear my throat for this one. All right. That. Even though they say attacks on TV, smart TVs are rare, but they're not unheard of, they go on to say that earlier this year, hackers showed how easy it was to hijack Google's Chromecast streaming stick and where they were able to broadcast random videos on uh, on thousands of victims' TVs. Now, this is where it gets popcorn juicy. They go on to say that some of the biggest Exploits on smart TVs that have happened recently are because somebody stole the uh, CIA's files that allow them to do this kind of stuff and put them up on WikiLeaks. My God, today, did y'all just hear what I said? Your TV is being corrupted <laughs> by stolen CIA files for spying. So your TV is a freaking spy. (laughs) Yes, indeed. Now, they go on to say that, uh, you know, put these security breaches up and blah, 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 and protect yourself and all of that. And now that you understand that anything that can get on the Internet should also have protections and uh, insurance, which I use protections and insurance in quotes. Because that's a thin veil right there as well. But at least it's something. You feel like you're doing something. All right. Now, let's get to the good good. Let's get to the heist. This is the heist part. So while the uh, FBI is recommending that you put this tape over your TV and that you update your TV and all of that, it goes deeper. And that is that because you are on the internet uh, with your television, you are able to be tracked. Mm -hmm. we're going to talk a little bit more about this whole tracking thing as well and why they are masters at it. And so if you're using your TV, you're being tracked. You're being tracked for data mining. You're being tracked for your behaviors, what you like to watch, when you like to watch it, how long you like to watch it, how long you linger on something, you know, all of these different things. Uh, when you go in and you use the, uh, uh, the stuff like for instance, when you have to input things in Netflix to go and search for something, you're searching behaviors, everything is being tracked. And that's the funny part about this. The FBI didn't say anything about maybe you just need to go back to a TV that does not require the internet. <laughs> oh no, they just said put black tape over the camera. They don't even talk about the fact that there are you you have a microphone. You know, when you're so busy trying to talk to an Alexa through your TV and Alexa and all this kind of stuff. They have to have microphones. Yeah, you can quote unquote wake them up, but think about it. How do they know when to wake up? That's because they're always listening. And I never thought that I would be channeling My beloved late mother, when I'm talking about this stuff, but before she passed, she was like, you got to be careful. Do not let the enemy inside your house, no matter how pretty the gift is. And I remember her her saying that. If she were alive right now, she'd be like, I told y'all, y'all thought I was a conspiracy theorist, but I told you. And I was like, darn it. And so that is why we are having this conversation today. I'm going to post the link in the show notes for this article. Again, it's a quick read, but the bigger heist is they're... the the slight of mind on this is is so diabolical that I have to call tripe when tripe is being served. And so while they're saying, "Oh, we did you a solid," we came out with an official statement to tell you to uh, hide your wife, hide your children, basically put that tape on your uh, cameras. We fail to tell you that by the mere fact of you using this uh, television unprotected you are giving your uh, manufacturers important, deep data about yourself, data that you don't even know about yourself. So keep using it. And we're going to give you this patch so that we can keep the bad guys out when basically they have uh, put out uh, the little foxes only to allow the wolf to be right in the bed with you. Now, I'm gonna get off of that because we got to get on to this and I gotta talk about some more stuff because Fitbit you're not safe either now y'all I have been a Fitbit user since they first came out I love my Fitbit my Fitbit tracks everything and when I say everything everything I was like oh i was such a good little sheep I would put in my water my food uh it tracks my heartbeat it tracks my feminine you know things and all of that and it it tracks how well I sleep wear it to I do all of it. I do my walking. They give me those cute little badges that I've walked across an African continent and all of this stuff. It tells me lifetime steps. It even has a way to tell me, based on my age, how well my health is stacking up against others. Oh, it makes me very competitive because it's like, okay, you're this age, you should be sleeping at this amount of time at this level. Oh, you're this age, you should be, Uh, your resting heart rate should be this and that. Lo and behold, Google announced, announced its purchase of Fitbit. Now, Google had already announced its purchase of Assurian Insurance. And I have Assurian Insurance on some things. I'm not, you know, I'm going to say that. But the fact that Google, hmm, Google, the biggest search engine, Alphabet company, all of that, the fact that they have an insurance company that does handle health and all of that, and then they go and buy a fitness company, you're not and they promise you that they're they're not going to use the data for evil. I'm <laughs> like, y'all are planning to cross the streams immediately. And I, like I said, I don't want to sound like a conspiracy theorist, but the heist is clearly here and it's coded, but it ain't that well-coded. And it's like, you know, I'm looking at my Fitbit, I'm wearing it right now. And I'm like, oh my gosh, because I think if at this particular time, I think at the beginning of the year, uh, it's supposed to switch over, and I'm like, hmm. I'm seriously considering not using it, you know, uh, anymore. Day by day, it's tenuous. Our relationship is rocky. I think we're heading toward divorce. Um, because it's one thing if I don't know; it's another if I know, and I still let you play me. And I'm like, no, mm, I don't think that, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't think I want that kind of information out. And I will say this. I'm not telling you to get rid of your Fitbit. I am not. i am I am not even saying i I am definitely going to get rid of my Fitbit. But what I am saying is is that all of the things that seem to look really good and appealing to us and tend to do more and more for us uh, is in that vein of where we talk about order and power. and I'll get to that in the in a moment. But going back to your TV, your smart TV, and isn't it funny how they call everything smart now? Your smart TV, your Fitbit, smart watches, and all this kind of stuff. In the words of the great Cornell West, as he tells his students in his classes on philosophy, he tells them, "Let your watch be smart, but you be wise. And wisdom is required when you are sussing out the heist and the coding behind it." Okay. All right. So going into that, I want to say this, and that is the hardest thing in the world for us to escape is our current perspective. If you want to know the biggest prison out there, it is the prison of your perspective and the prison uh, gates and bars are being strengthened every day as we continue to build our own echo chambers of beliefs and our confirmation biases and all of these things that we sometimes believe is the truth. But what it is, is it's a, it's a glass gilded cage where we, we're we able to individually and, and collectively build our own imprisonment and be happy about it. I'm, I mean, let's face it. I was a cord cutter before it was popular. I was a cord cutter when my family was like, you don't have any TV? What is wrong with you? And I will tell you, when I cut the cord um, many years ago, over well over a decade ago, they didn't have all of the stuff that they have today. And thus, I well, plus I was, you know, in a, a rigorous uh, training and education program and all this kind of stuff. But it's surprising that when I got rid of the quote unquote programming that I was addicted to, my productivity went way up. I started being able to make a clean transition from depending on working for others to working for myself. Um, And and it was just amazing. But, you know, as time goes and people continue to flow and go that way away from the programming that they want you to do, they get wise and they find ways to woo us back. And I'm going to be the first to say, I do have Hulu and Netflix and Prime, you know, I don't have any of the others, but if I want to, you know, I can go and check out and stuff because I do want to stay relevant. And I'm going to tell y'all right now, that little baby Yoda, my God, I'm like, I'm trying real hard to fight the power, (laughs) but they are wrong for putting that little baby Yoda out knowing I love me some Yoda, but that's, that's all whole another thing. Let me get back on to what we we're saying cuz we got to we got to bring this home. There's a lot more I want to say and I'm 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 going to be talking about decoding the heist uh, tomorrow. So make sure you tune in for that. Okay, but anyway, the hardest part in the world is for us to escape our current perspective of things. And I will say this. You probably know this, but do you really know it? And that is, it's never who or what you think. So like with the smart TV, it made headlines because the FBI comes out, and tells you to put tape on your camera. What they neglect to tell you is that while you're chasing those little foxes of the quote unquote hackers, because they already said it's rare for them to hack your TV. It's rare because, I mean, what are they going to do? They're just going to have people sitting there listening to the mundane, listening to your kids play and you talk on the phone. (laughs) Who cares? You know, but the bigger issue is that there is stolen CIA information that they are able to use to not hack just to listen in or watch you, but to hack so that they can start siphoning off your tracking behaviors that your manufacturers of your TVs are already using. Back to that article, they even said that Vizio TV got fined a few years ago of two point two million dollars when a class action suit was filed against it for doing this very thing. But this this year, when another class action suit was filed against them again, and they tried to get you know get it. Uh, stopped, they were like, "Mm, they're fine now. And you know, they're fine now because data mining has become one of the most sought after abilities. Even now I get requests for data mining on things uh, because of my um, experience in uh, data warehousing and querying and and that kind of stuff of massive data. And I'm like, this is crazy Uh, right now. There are people every day looking for data mining specialists who are able to to set up a platform to extract the data of usage of people and then make some sense out of it. Taking all that raw data and turning it into, guess what? Wisdom. I tell y'all all the time. One of the precepts that built this podcast is E.O. Wilson's thing that said that there would come a time when he was alive. He said, There would come a time that there would be so much information that only those who were, um, that we would be star, excuse me. The best part was he said, There would be a time when there was so much information out that we would be starving for wisdom. And only those people who could take the information and distill it down to something useful and contextual would be able to be the leaders and um, the people of power. And now, here we go. The heist is coded. And the heist, where people think that people are trying to sell you stuff and get your money, they don't care. That is why more and more stuff is becoming free. Because if there is no price tag, you are the product and what i mean by that is they want you to use it so that they can track what you do sell it to console, i mean to um, people to market to you to get you to use their stuff because now attention is the great currency power is is shifting to where people want your attention because if they can get your attention then they can have power And the way they have power is through our understanding of order and power. So let me talk a little bit about that. In the book, Sapiens, and I love that book, Sapiens. You guys, it's a long read, but it's worth it. In that book, Sapiens, the author talks about something that we all know. Well, I shouldn't say we all know. Let me just say this. I was taught this in um, a master's program uh, about the masses. And you guys know I talked uh, a little bit about Napoleon Bonaparte here, you know, in my studies of strategy and stuff, and it it came out of this 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 time of great co- conquest of um, the uh, reemergence of uh, men rising to power who were not necessarily born in the monarchy but understood how to gain power over people, and that was this concept of order and power. And this is what sapiens alludes to. This is what you'll find when you study people like Napoleon Bonaparte, Genghis Khan, and a lot of those is that they understood this, and that is this. Religion equals order. Power equals science, knowledge, resources, currency, or money. Okay, let me say that again. Order equals religion. Power equals, and what they used to do is they just lumped it all into science because at the time, science was this thing that was excluded from the masses. The average person was not a scientist, the average person was left. dumb, if you will. They did not know how to speak. I mean, excuse me, they didn't know how to read and they did not have time to pursue things of thought because they were trying to ink out a living and feed themselves and take care of their families and stay alive. Okay. So the concept of science at that time was high and lofty. It was a lofty pursuit for the average person. But now when we look at order and power, we still see them at work. It's like nothing new has changed under the sun. And this is part of how the heist is coded. So what they give to the masses is they give them religion. And I'm not just talking about spiritual religion. I am also talking about the religion of suffering and sacrifice, This is the big religion that is over this heist. And the suffering and sacrifice is where the archbishops of it are debt, credit, uh, smart this, simple that, and all of these other things. And people don't realize that they have gone hook, line, and sinker to embrace this new religion. And, and I say new, but it's not really new. But this, this religion of suffering is where people are sold that uh, work, squirrel away money in a 401k, Pay your dues for a long, long, long time. And then in the by and by, you will be able to retire and live on your savings. Over and over again, we see a lot of articles marketing to people be a good person, stay in your lane, continue to suffer. And because people believe that I might be suffering right now, but when I retire, I'm going to be okay, they continue to put up with it. There is also another concept. Uh, that is talked about in sapiens, but in a lot of different areas. And that is this, when we talk about key, uh, order, meaning how to keep the masses in order from rebellion and anarchy, and they do it by religion, they do it by this concept of sacrifice. It is hard to stop doing something when you've put so much effort, time or money into it. So think about the person who has been on a job for 22 years and they have been getting incremental 1 or 2% raises and they can't they've they've gone to the point where now because of inflation outpacing what people make that to sustain just the same level of living that they they are used to it takes more and more Instead of breaking out of the these current perspectives of what we think is right, instead of breaking out of the religious tradition of suffering for sacrifice for the by and by, they continue to stay in these jobs, or they continue to beg to stay stay on these jobs. I have never in my life experienced the smell of fear as as pungent as I have when a company is about to issue a warn letter, meaning that people are waiting to find out who's going to be laid off, who's losing their job, uh, who's going over to the new company. The things that people do on a primal level, they think it's survival, but they don't realize that they are in the religion, um, worshiping at the altar of suffering and sacrifice And that is how they're able to keep you in order. And I know this is a different type of podcast that we're doing today, but I'm telling you guys, you have to realize this, that you're being sold a sleight of mind. It is a marketing plan. And so, like I said, there is another statement that says that a, a priest can do more than a thousand expertly trained soldiers on the ground when it comes to keeping people in line and in order. And when I use that word priest, I'm not just talking about a religious priest. I'm talking about whether it be your priest of of politics or your priest of, um, uh, of commerce. They're all out there doling stuff, you know, doling stuff out like me. I am serving as your priestess to, to, to offer you up the offerings of wisdom. You know, I serve, you know, at your pleasure. This is about you. This ain't about me, you know, and, and so that religion, that habit, because religion is also in the family of habit. Um, that's where we get the difference between what is a habit and what is a ritual. A habit is something you do all the time, even unconsciously. A ritual is that same thing you do, but with meaning and intention. And thus, that's how, if they can get you to believe in the concepts and the precepts and their uh, trans logic, that's another term, um, because that's part, actually, I, I, I'm i going to one of these days do how to build a cult because I'm trying to talk to you about it without talking to you about it. But uh, building a, a sense of trans logic, trans meaning to supersede your logic, um, is how this also happens. And that's what I'm getting at right now. And that trans logic says that even though you're feeling discomfort now, oh, just ignore that because your suffering is great. Your suffering means that you deserve it. And then what they also do is they're, they're like, shun debt. Do not aspire to have what you see those other people on the hill having. Oh no, because debt is you know bad. When they fail to tell you that the people on the hill they they love debt because they have gotten to the point where they can take on debt and then find ways for the public to pay for their debt. Can we talk about um taxes and municipal um payments and things, all that stuff in your utilities and your 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 um phone bills and your water bills and all that kind of stuff? Yeah, okay, but I'm not gonna go there. I'm gonna keep this on what we're talking about because. I'm gonna be following up tomorrow <laughs> with decoding this this heist. And I hope I don't get in trouble for this, but I'm I'm gonna go on and say it. And so um what I want to what I want to make sure that you understand is if you are a quote unquote model citizen of any kind of republic or democracy or whatever, nine times out of ten, you are following in the vein of the great heist because That is how it usually is. And when I say a great, I'm not talking about tribal. I'm not talking about um, uh, small communities uh, where those things are used to help keep order from folks killing each other. I'm talking about where you have agreed to stay in a certain uh, role that you play. And I know you're probably screaming at me saying, no, Michelle, I am getting mine. I am going to go out there and I am going to get my money. And so what they then do, let me me get on that. What they then do is, like I said, the heist is coded. While they are waving, watch the birdie over here with their hand of uh, telling you influencers, you know, that's the way to go. And if you want to make a lot of money and they highlight the few who have managed to do that on that side, and they make you believe that the dream is there for you to go out and and be the... um, the person who influences folks on a level when they don't let you realize that the person who is behind the scenes, the invisible puppet master is the true uh, person holding the strings. Don't believe me? Watch what happens when people who you think have power step out of line. They are not there anymore. They have actually been real um. Things that have been put out on the internet, yes, our good old internet, where someone stepped out of line and said too much, and you go back the next day and it's not there. You can't find it. You can't even find it in the search engines. Or if you find it in the search engines, you click on the link and the link is dead. It won't even say this page is unavailable anymore. Um, try going finding it in the archives. You know the Wayback machines and the caches and all of that. Can't find it. And I'm just like. They want us to <laughs> and they, they want us to live in this shadow world. And it's okay. I totally get it. It's okay. But at least I am hopefully saying something that makes you go, hmm, and makes you start to understand that the the the, the heist is really coded. And for everything that they tell you about, and I don't even like to use this ominous word of they, but just understand for everything that you know. It is the tippy-tippy top of the iceberg. Remember that. It's important. And I want you to remember that because I'm now going to take you back through memory lane of another podcast I did talking about group mentality, herd thinking, and the like. And I talked about the, a book written in 1895 called The Crowd by Gustave Le Bon and he started looking at the popular mind back in the late 1800s and he did a study in it but then around the turn of the century you st- as more people were able to come out of the fields and the drudgery of having to work so hard to ink out of a li- out of living with the advent of the of in of industry they had more time to have Sundays off, go to church, be more involved in social matters, you know, basically look up and and see things. And so that gave rise to uh, people who took the study of the popular mind and what he called delusions of the popular mind and started to move it forward into the early 1900s, where now instead of just studying the popular mind, they are moving towards learning how to manipulate the popular mind. And with this, we go and we look at Sigmund Freud's nephew twice removed, not twice removed, but uh twice improved, because he was his nephew on both his mother and his father. And it has always confused me of how they were not related, but okay, it's all right. So um you have um the uh, the, uh, Bernays, Edward Bernays, uh, coming in and showing people how to actually get people to do what they need to. Now, I'm going to say this. Edward Bernays took an ancient wisdom or knowledge, I should say, and turned it into a modern use. He was not the first to know how to control the masses and he won't be the last, but he was the one who gave us a lot of the things that we still stand on the shoulders of today. Groupthink and all of these different things. He tapped into our uh, basic needs. If you go and you place Maslow's hierarchy of needs, starting with our basic level needs and going all the way up to our self-actualization, it reads like a playbook of understanding how to control a mind. And so with Edward Bernays, instead of how the viziers of the kings and queens of old taught these these ancient truths to rulers and would-be kings. And instead of them uh, working behind the scenes to get barons and uh, people, vast landholders and all of that to be on their sides to overthrow kingdoms and governments, he was like, we don't have to overthrow a kingdom or a government. All we have to do is work directly with the masses. And so he did work with governments for that, but he also worked with the, the, the true power holders in a lot of aspects. He worked with merchants and vendors, people who were providing goods and services to the masses. And he worked on, at first they called it propaganda, but then they were like, oh, that's a bad name, especially after World War II when a certain he who shall not be named... Used the teachings of Edward Bernays to co uh, to co-opt um, a revolution in Germany and do some things that were not that were not cool at all. So he changed it from po- propaganda to public relations. And I, isn't it funny that he called it public relations, like he was having a relationship with you? He was not. He more like um, public manipulation. And I mean, man props to Edward Bernays. A study in him is a study in great common enlightenment. But let's go and look at the aftermath of this. So now, you know, because we're still looking at the heist being coded. Now, if you see things like, if you see um, large fads of things, even if you feel like it is uh, out of the ordinary and or whatever, it is not. And the reason why I say that is because when we talk about order and power that we've been talking about, we have to look at the power side of things. And the power side of things, we sum it up, well, they summed it up as science. But under this science where you gain power, under the science, science encapsulates knowledge or know-how, money, and resources. And depending on what playground you're on, it it is depending on which one you'll use. So like, for instance, if you are a global mover and shaker, you work in billions and trillions instead of hundreds, I mean, thousands and millions, then you might be dealing with resources. Uh, You might be dealing especially with energy. So energy is a big deal for a lot of people. Uh, And he or she who holds the energy um, key to getting or uh, controlling energy holds a lot of power. And that energy is where you see a lot of titans uh, play ball, gladiator style, winner takes all. So whether it is energy th- through fossil fuels, solar energy, or clean renewables and all that other stuff, you're seeing it play out there. And if you want to know where true power is, try to go and get in there seriously just just try try to say oh i'm gonna open up um uh like ele- electricity or a power company and see how well that goes they will regulate you out of there so fast that your head will not even have time to spin um think about and get this so we talk about resources we have the power ones think about this now we have the technology ones If you want to know if that one is a true power bastion or if it is, oh, anybody can do it. Try to set up a internet provider company and see how fast you get regulated out of that or how costly it is or how many rules and policies and laws that are going to tell you you can't do this. You see, you can always tell where the true power is because there are huge barriers to entry. Huge barriers, not impossible, but huge barriers to entry because they're like, you are outside. You're supposed to be in the order realm. You're supposed to be working like a good little sheep and you're supposed to be orderly. You're supposed to obey our rules, hop through our um, our, our, our 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 laws and our, our steps that we say, and do what we do. One of the things, uh, and and I like I, I know I'm calling out books like *Sapiens* and *The Crowd*. There's another book that I highlighted on this podcast called *Debt*. Now, this thing is a doorstop. It is a tome, true and through. But it talks about the history of debt—five thousand years of debt—and when you go through that book, my God, today, it will open your mind and help you to understand. And what it does is is It shows you how keeping people orderly. Now, remember when I was talking about religion and order and sacrifice and I threw in the word debt. That is one of the tools that the non quote unquote spiritual religion of suffering and sacrifice imposes on the masses to feel a certain remorse, a certain moral compass about shouldering your debt and your debt to society and all of this kind of stuff. Where have you heard paying your debt to society from? Where does it come from? Think about that. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna point to it and call it out, but just think about that. But let's move on. So the thing that I want to make sure that I say here as I'm coming to a quick close, because you know there's a lot to be said. And don't forget, join me tomorrow when I talk about decoding the heist. And that is that at any given time part of the heist is the marketing plan there is this uh funny cartoon that i saw a long time ago uh when i was still working in corporate america and uh it said it was a picture of a guy that looked duped and um he had uh he had on these robes and it and and it was like a little collage and it showed where he had died and I guess it was Peter, Archangel Peter or whatever, is supposedly taking him around. He says, you know what? You've lived a life that was, you know, either here or there. So you get to choose. And he's like, I want to take you on a quick tour and you tell me which place you want to go. So he's like, OK, I'm cool with that. Peter takes him to heaven, and in heaven, he sees people there smiling and you know doing whatever. And he sees them working in their gardens, building their little houses and mansions, and just having a regular normal time. And he's like, "Oh, that's really nice. The sun is shining. Everything is cool. This is nice." And he's like, "Okay, are you ready to go to hell?" And <laughs> the the guy says, "Yeah." He goes down, and um, Peter, you know, says at the end of your tour down there. You let me know which way you want to go. So he passes him off to a minion of um, Beelzebub and they take him through and he looks and everybody is partying and having fun. They're doing any and everything they want to do with no repercussions. Love as thou wilt, do whatever, whatever, you know, whatever. Right. And he's like, wow. Oh my gosh, this is wonderful. And he's like, I think I have my decision. So the, the minion of Beelzebub brings him back to the neutral ground. And so Peter says, you get your pick. Which one do you want? And he says, you know, everything was really nice in heaven. He says, but it's kind of boring. It's, you know, whatever. I think I'm going to go on down to hell. And Peter's like, are you sure? You, you you know, this is your last time to change your mind. He was like, no, everybody was having fun down there. It's not what I thought it was going to be. I, I'm going to go on down there. And so Peter, you know, looks at him with longing and says, okay, we will obey your wish, but you understand that this is it. After this, you will have no more connections to us. And Peter says, I'm good. And so he goes on, he goes down to hell. And when the minion takes him back in, the same people who were partying are now suffering and being continuously tortured. And Peter's like, wait, I mean, uh, the the guy is like, wait a minute, what happened? What happened to all the parties and, and all the stuff? And the guy uh, the guide looks at him with a with a menacing snark and laughs, and he was like, "Oh, that was just the marketing plan." Uh, and so the guy gets duped by the marketing plan. and i I, I mentioned that uh, funny, funny, if you will, to say that a lot of times when we are marketed that we have this quote unquote safety and security and freedom, is it really or is it a construct? That has been presented to us in the guise of setting you up for the heist, because on the other side of a heist is a victim. And as I close it down today, I want you to understand that at any given time, when you are feeling you know, really good about yourself, I want you to go through, and I want you to look and see if the whole is being told. if you are getting sold a black tape story only to hide that you are being harvested for your information to be used against you continuously. And they are making you happy to give them that information, whether it be your smart TV or your smart watch or your smartphone. Now I'm gonna tell y'all right now, my smartphone and your smartphone, I've got to the point where I cannot I just if I'm gonna be able to do anything in this world. So I'm a hypocrite. I'll be able to say it. I'm a hypocrite. But I just want you to know at least, know what, what, what the cost is to play, all right? And then the next thing as I close this down is the hardest thing for us to escape is our current perspective. But yet and still we have the power and that power includes us looking around to see is there a marketing plan af- afoot? Are, are, are we the recipients of a glossy marketing plan? And with that, yes. Oh my gosh, my time is up. I thank you for yours. This has been Michelle Spivey, your Practical Priestess of Wisdom with another podcast of Wisdom Smack. Love you dearly. Don't forget to check the show notes for the article and I'll put the links for uh, Sapiens, for the crowd and for... um, debt in there as well. And don't forget to use our Amazon link to support the show at michellespivacom forward slash AMZ and other ways to support us as well. We thank you so much. I hope you're having a wonderful holiday season and I'm going to see you tomorrow. Bye.